podcast where we discuss our favorite albums from the early aughts and thereabouts. I'm Blake Fisher. I'm joined by Chris Monier and Kyle Simmons. Sorry about the delay. Kyle got COVID again. I got and it. So, and then uh, right in the face. We twice, we saw a little twice delay. We're trying to get back. Once boosted, two times COVID survivor. <laughs> it's a song, I think. Right? Yeah. Once bitten, twice shy, twice vaccined. Once I don't know. I don't know. We've, I've lost it. Anyway, uh, today we are talking about The Starting Line's first full-length album, Say It Like You Mean It, and Kyle's going to tell us about it. Kyle, take it away. All right, guys. Well, we've already done The Starting Line uh, based on a True Story record, so we've talked a little bit about them before. I'm just going to give you a We went out of order because we love that album so much. Yeah, so. what a, right. what a We went out of order. Sorry. Uh, Apologies. So I'm just going to give you the quick deets on this one. Um, this was released in July 16th, 2002. So this bad boy is about to be old enough to drink beer. That's pretty cool. Uh, little, which Kenny was not at the time. Nope. <laughs> uh, high schooler. Yeah. Um, and it was produced by Mark Trombino and released on drive through records. Now, I don't know if it's, I assume it's just because when they signed to Geffen, um, Kind of like with May, you know, Geffen gets all of their old material. But like when when you open this now on Spotify and on Apple Music, it says Geffen. So, uh, but originally released on Drive Through. One thing that I thought was pretty cool that I had no idea about, and I don't know if we had this conversation off pod last time, but Chris had mentioned, um, like the only starting line song I ever heard that I didn't like was there was this really hyped up piano song. I think it's called the piano song or something like that. Um, that was like going around on Napster. Uh, and, and I hated it. I thought it was terrible. Um, anyway, all that to say the starting line was actually signed to we, the people records before they signed to drive through and then drive through heard about them. They recorded a full record on We The People and they just put it out on uh, Spotify and Apple Music in the last couple of years. It's it's super cool because a lot of the songs are the same, but apparently Richard Rains was like, hey, you guys are great songwriters, but you don't write great choruses. So like work on that. They did. And then uh, the rest is history. Drive through sign them put out, uh, what was it, uh, with hopes of starting over EP. And all of us were pissed off because we knew this kid was in high school. It was the first thing they ever put out and it was amazing. Um, but yeah, they recorded a, another full, a full length, uh, before ever putting out that EP on drive through. Isn't that crazy? Okay. So I never knew this. So you're saying they recorded a full length record yes. and then drive through was like, actually, we're going to sign you we're going to do an EP. They released the EP. And then is that full length? Is it like these songs or is it just some other, like a lot of some them stuff from the now video? now? Okay. So the way that it reads is the, the, the person who owned, uh, we, the people records set up a showcase for Stephanie and Richard Rains, And I'm kind of like, well, that sounds like someone, who intended to sell, you know, they saw dollar signs and wanted well, yeah, to sell. That's sell what that them sounds like, anyway. of course. And so anyway, yeah, it says they saw them and they just thought the songs lacked choruses. The band went away, reworked the material, and then they signed to drive through in April of 2001. Vasoli was still in high school. Avasoli. And, um, Avasoli. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, then they 
put out the uh, with hopes of starting over EP in 2001. I just I just think that that's crazy. And it's really cool to listen to because some of it has changed. Um, I, I want to say I'm I'm making this up, but I want to say maybe like four or five songs are the same. But like exactly just recorded. like structure wise, Re- structure yeah. wise. Yeah, it, like Minus lyrics, Trump, they know, changed sure. lyrics and like they changed parts a little bit, but it's neat to see the growth. And I actually I actually think um, it's really fun to listen to because I think that these guys are so talented. I got to see them a couple of years back in Dallas on one of the few shows that they do annually these days. And they're just all so freaking good. And Kenny is so good at singing and it's kind of nice to listen to him not be as good as he is now. You know what I mean? Like to see that they put in the work and they and they really did it, to to know that Richard Rains told them to get better at this, that they worked hard, they got better at that, and then to listen to the material and hear that they did get better. Like it's instead of listening to it and going, "Oh, this is crap." It's actually kind of fun because you know what that they what they become after it. So you guys should check it's it also- out. It's also just weird because I don't feel like you hear many teenagers that have the vocals that they you end up with. You know what I mean? Right. Like even right. just a few years later, it just like I listen back to the way my voice sounded when I was nineteen, and it just does. I mean, I can tell it's me, but it just does it. And it's not like I got better necessarily. <laughs> like that's not really so much it. It's just like it just has a different quality to it. So right, because he was like fifteen when he joined this band, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, oh, that, you're that just, was. That was the other thing I was going to say. So the guy who recorded their full length, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but it reads Chris Batamy, and he's not nobody. He's done a lot of other records. He's uh, he's worked with Dillinger Escape Plan, Midtown, Days of the New, uh, like you know, yeah, that's that's impressive to me. So um, I I think it's kind of crazy that these these kids record a full length then get picked up by drive through and then get to use Mark Trombino. That's yeah. That's right after enviable. Uh, right after Bleed American comes out and yeah. Trombino is the producer that he's the are dude running after. Yeah, it enraged me. Yeah, yeah exactly. but you always did have a pretty good line about that, Chris. You're like, it sounds like Trombino was like, we're going to put this guitar on the right side and this guitar on the left side. <laughs> I mean, it's not quite as an imaginative Trombino record as some of his other ones. I mean, I think it was a paycheck for sure. Um, but I mean, not that it sounds bad or anything like that. No, it's just not. No, no. I mean, there's not as many tricks on it. I'm sure the budget was lower on it than... Yeah. Um, than Jimmy World's Bleed American, even though they did that themselves, you know, I would imagine that right. they put more time and effort into it than than this one. But man, I, yeah, that's very interesting stuff. See, Kyle, you're actually dropping things that I did not know on yeah, me. So. You know, I read it and I was like, I had no freaking clue. And since we'd already talked about them once, I thought, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna go down that avenue just because it. For anybody that's listening that <clears throat> that hasn't heard that, like the three of us. It's super fun to go from this record and then listen to that. And I should say the title because it's it'll be their newest release on Spotify and iTunes, but they released it under the name The Early Years. That's what it's called. So you think that it's a compilation, but it's not. It's the first record they recorded. Got it. This is good to know. Oh, I, I did see that while I was searching for this album. Yeah. But I saw The yeah. Early Years. I just assumed it was... A comp, yeah, right? Like, oh, this is right. just all their old just stuff. Like some, 
you know, like Saves a Day did, like beat exactly. demos, just something to fill fill an album contract. Yeah. Well, I love that we now know more about this record than I did a moment ago. So uh, do you have any other knowledge for us before we jump into uh, first impressions of it, Kyle? I mean, I know that I know that it's done like I, it's not certified gold. So but I mean, that's also not nothing. Right. I think they did. I think that they've sold over 400,000 copies. So not too shabby. Not too but shabby. also in the days of Blink-182, not too great either, you know? Yeah, but I mean, Blink One Two, Blink One Two is at a different level. I mean, nothing on. I mean, that's pretty good for drive through. Was drive through totally. making platinum records at the time? Very often. No, what would have I'm, been a? I, I bet. I bet that newfound glory release is probably the biggest release they've had. That's probably fair. I'm yeah, not positive, uh, but I uh, surely that's got to be it. Midtown. The second one with the girl on the cover. That, oh no, yeah, no Reven- that Living Well is the it? best revenge. That's a pretty. No, good I was one. just thinking of like big. Oh, okay. I was just thinking yeah, of big records. Thing, but yeah, oh, hello, goodbye has got to be their biggest. Yeah, well, that is, yeah, for sure. That's got to be drive throughs big. But that's two thousand four, right? Yeah, yeah. So got a couple more years after that. Um, well, interesting. You know, though, I, I never. This is the weird. This is a weird thing to complain about. I never loved the cover because I was like, why pick a beige couch? Oh yeah, <laughs> like. I don't mind the cover itself. I like the framing of it. I'm just like, why beige? Yeah. Why yeah. beige on white? I would have, I don't know. Pop I also it, always thought she kind of looked like Mandy Moore. Oh, absolutely. Right. 100%. Yeah. I think she looks more like, um, oh gosh, I'm going to forget her real. Julia Stiles, she looks more oh, like yeah, to I me. From 10 Things I Hate About You specifically. <laughs> I do love the uh, either the, the, the posture kind of, yeah. with the phone. Yeah, I'm into it. <laughs> Into it. You still getting over that COVID? That yeah, Rona? I am. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. No, I've got a cough, too. There's yeah. a good chance we're going to have to uh, do some editing on this one. Uh, okay, let's go to first impressions. And uh, Chris, let's go to you first. What, what uh, did you... I'm sure you listened to this in 2002, right? Yeah, I, I think did, you might have given it to me. Yeah, but I could not for the life of me remember my first impression. I, I think part of the issue is this album came out at a really... Um, transitional time in my life and I, I just there was a lot happening and I just can't remember there's also so much good music at this time mm-hmm. I mean I knew I liked this record I like I know now that I like this record I had the CD and everything but I just don't remember it like you know knocking my socks off or anything um at the time you know what I mean um uh, and you know it could be a classic case of like jealousy where like I, I liked it <laughs> but I wanted to pretend like uh, whatever He's just a kid and like, you know, the whole story of him getting signed completely bummed me out. But I, to this day, one of the songs on this record comes on and I listen to it. I know all the words, but uh, yeah, we know I, which cannot, one. <laughs> I can't remember how I felt when I first heard it, though, other than just thinking, you know, obviously the first four songs are just absolute bangers, every one of them. Um, and then um, I never really saw them live either. So. I don't have a good answer for that one on this album. Yeah, there, you, I mean, or, or yeah, but go ahead. I I don't know that I remember exactly. I mean, it's right after I graduated high school, so I know. I mean, I know I got it. I know I had the CD. I remember. I mean, we'll get to it in track by track. I mean, I remember the best of me just being like, "Oh my gosh, like <laughs> that song is so good." 
Um, which was definitely the thing that got me there. Um, you know, I, I know for sure hearing that song was the reason I bought the album without a doubt. Cause I didn't have the EP before it or anything like that. I know I didn't hear about him before that. So I, like I said, I thought I seem to remember you telling me about him, Chris, but yeah. I might, I don't, it's not like such a distinct memory as some of the other stuff that I know you told me about. Um, but I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. Um, but I could be wrong about that. So it's kind of weird that, um, I don't, I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I don't remember exactly, but I also think it's because in 2002, like 2001, 2002, I kind of went like all in on pop punk. I mean, that was kind of the first year that I kind of went, it was like blink Way 2 kind of kicked off a, a thing for me the year before this. And then it was like, so like I was just eating up any kind of pop punk I could get my hands on. And so I think it all kind of blurs together a little bit like that. Cause it was like within that year, I was in like Blink-22, Newfound Glory, Starting Line, Phoenix TX. Uh, I mean, like just ton, like every band I, that someone was like, oh, you uh, probably like you too. were like, hey, you guys, you yeah. like this, this yeah. band I was probably buying. And so I think that's part of the reason it kind of blurs together a little bit because to be fair, a lot of the pop punk was not, you know, super differentiated from each other right. in, in, in gigantic ways or anything. Uh, most of this kind of fell into... I don't want to call it not creative because I'm not trying to give him crap. Yeah. It's just like, it was like everyone was signing people and, and basically saying, we want you to be blink way too. I mean, in some form right. of fashion. Um, and I'm not saying blink way is the biggest pop punk band ever or something. It's just that that was in of the state coming out. Um, just a couple years before this is just kind of, and then take your, take off your jacket, uh, whatever, take off your pants <laughs> and jacket. Which uh, we have a we have a strong request I got over the weekend at a birthday party to to do that, that record sometimes. Well, so um, I mean I'm ready at any time. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah we we probably We're need due. to do that one uh, pretty soon. We could probably uh, we could probably mouth guitar and sing the clips on that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, but that but wasn't that album out about the same time? I mean, this is like year the same before. Year. It's 2001, yeah. so it's just one yeah this one year before. A lot of good music coming out around yep. this time, you know. Yeah. Of, so. Yeah. A lot of stuff coming out. So, I mean, I do, I, I mean, I remember really liking it. I, I remember being like, same as you, Chris, super jealous that this kid was younger than I was. And, um, and, and it was obvious in every picture that you saw of them. It's like, yeah, Man, look at this kid. Well, cause he lied about his age. I mean, that was yeah. the story, right? That he lied about his age to try out for the band. Yeah. Uh, they didn't know he was really 15. Um, but, and I always like a, a bass man f- a bass playing frontman is always kind of an interesting thing to me because it seems really hard in and my he's head good. and he's good at it. Like he's not yeah. just, he's not even, especially uh, like past this record. Yeah. I mean, he's like playing some really cool stuff and I can't do it. In fact, I tried to do it the other day cause my, uh, we're, we've got it's the 50th anniversary of the lake house chris Ooh, uh, this crap. summer and so we're gonna do like a family band thing on labor day and so i tried Aww. i was trying to play counting crows mr jones and sing it at the same time not on bass not easy oh, not really? easy so i'm gonna have to practice we covered lot, but, that once yeah we did and i played bass for it it was at the okay go show oh blake can play anything that. old school blake uh, knew how to do it old school blake but i wasn't having to sing it at the same time that's the difference oh, oh, um, oh right yeah, singing and playing. So anyway, I I always like that. I like uh, Kyle's a bass playing front man. Uh, you know, not like that. Tyson from the Rejects. <laughs> I like it. It's a cool thing. Uh, no, you you do some cool stuff, dude. Uh, don't. No, I don't heard Kyle yourself. plays to a track. He's just up there. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> like freaking just a- Billy Bob at Showbiz Pizza. <laughs> 
Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Sorry, oh, man. kids. Hey, Chuck have you e. been to Chuck E. Cheese lately? It's just video screens now. Yeah. There's no yeah. animatronics. It really has none you of the cowards. Charm. Cowards. It, it cowards. Like, <laughs> come on. It's weak sauce. Bring back the robots. These kids have no. Like, what's the fun? It is just a child casino, though. Uh, yeah, my brother calls yeah. it a me- mechanical rat child casino. <laughs> like, yeah, that's pretty spot on. <laughs> Except there's no more mechanical rat. Uh, Kyle, what about you? What were your first impressions of it? You know, I'm kind of in the same boat of both of you guys. Uh, I do think I think I I feel like the reason I don't remember is because even though I really really like this record, I can't wait to talk about it. It's going to be fun. I am in love with what comes after this record. Yes. And I, and I think that that is, I think that that's kind of like just take, it's occupying all the starting line space in my brain. Uh, you add, you add to the fact that like what, what you guys both said, there was just so much good music coming out. And, and I, I really, really liked this. Uh, I was also pissed and jealous like you guys, but like, yeah, I liked this. There was nothing I did not like about it, but, um, I am a huge starting line fan. And one of the things over the years that has never made sense to me are the people that didn't like what came after this because they wanted more of this. And I'm like, I am not on that train, man. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk more about how they are wrong. Like their yeah. opinions. Oh yeah. They're are wrong. They're wrong. They're wrong. I, I just, yeah, they're, and I mean, and I, you can clearly tell in, I, cause I went through the whole catalog all three albums. Um, I mean, I guess not the whole catalog, but the three full lengths in, in listening to this record the last um, week or so. And, you know, even on direction, he's like, I mean, clearly what I can't remember what song it is. Like clearly talking about the fact that people are complaining about like, that's they just want more of the same thing. And I think it's very clearly you wrote it after the second record. And you're just like, why? I don't know. I get that people don't like change, but it's not like they were so drastically different <laughs> on the next cover. Like there's still like you so can they hear were just, them. They just became the better, line. right? Yeah, they just got better oh, at it. You got yeah. you got more mature, better songwriter, better lyrics, better Branched just as out a band. From that Blink One Eighty Two sound a little bit. Yes. Well, you but not, you would have to. It's too yeah. this. You can't make two albums like this. It Even Blink One Eighty Two did it exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. I don't know. I that that is my least favorite thing that people say about bands when they complain about them changing at all now i get some bands go too far some bands like juliana theory is one we've talked about how like love was just such a departure from the album before of like maybe maybe it is a good album i don't know but i can't i can't get into it because it's just not the same band well we're gonna snack snack pair more soon and that's pretty polarizing right now yeah, it is, but it's grown on Dude, me a lot. Yeah, same, same. Juliana yeah, Theory okay. posted Juliana Theory posted like 15th anniversary of love on Instagram, and I was so bad wanted to comment. You guys, no one cares. <laughs> no one. <laughs> hey, we do have one friend, Thomas. Thomas still likes that record, and he tried and like I like uh, you know I talked to him again like I don't know several years ago at this point, but he was like, you really should give it another chance. I gave it another chance because I was like, you know what? Like I like Thomas is a good guy. He knows he has good taste in music. I should listen to him just like i would you guys but just couldn't do it you know sometimes you miss the mark but uh you know you can depart too much for sure but 
I don't think these guys did. Anyway, that we're we're probably getting ahead of ourselves. So let's 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 jump into track that was by track. First impressions. <laughs> first impressions. My gosh. Sorry. We hadn't uh, talked but, in a while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. So we Sorry, guys. We're all over the place. Uh let's go to track by track and start with up and go. Here we go. Normally I go to Chris because he's air drumming, but I was this time because yeah. it is definitely like this album was one that I, you know, back when I would play drums, it was, you put a CD on, like I didn't have, you couldn't, you know, or you had to burn a playlist onto a CD, but I would do like whole albums. I love this song on drums is so much fun. Uh, I absolutely love it. And, uh, and, and it's, it's really great. Um, Chris, what are, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, it's right in that tempo where you just and you got the the breakdowns. Yeah, yeah. The what a snare great tom, bum, bum, okay. yeah, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. No, I was gonna say the the opening yeah. of like coming in really hot and then dun, that dun. like really <laughs> clean guitar. Dun, dun. I also love <laughs> the, the two guitar parts are really interesting. Oh, on yeah. this song and how yes. they play off each other. Like you almost don't yes. think it would work, but it works. It's cool. Um, yeah, great opening track. Well, I like that they're they do what I my. It's not like this is my theory, but my favorite kind of lead guitar parts are ones that you can sing, like melodic guitar yep. parts. And that chorus lead line is perfect. Like you it's can awesome. sing it. It could be any instrument. Like that's what those are my favorite ones. Like I, I, I don't need you to be super impressive technically to have a great guitar part. And this is a great example of that, of just like you're right. They they work really well together and that that bridge guitar part is awesome. Um, I love it. Kyle, what are, you, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, you guys said it all. The the freaking, the guitar part is so cool. That clean part, the picking part in the chorus, uh, the intro, the dun dun with the picking part, it's just freaking awesome. Pumps you up. Um, I, I'm going to say this because I do not, spoiler, I do not think that this record is as good as based on a true story. However, this kid is at most 18 years old when this record comes out. And lyrically, he does not sound like an 18-year-old. And and no, yeah. Oh no, I agree. No. That, that's super impressive to me. And also, I think part of what pissed me off back then, you know, it's like, <sighs> who's this kid think he is being all awesome? Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a killer opening track. I mean, it's a yeah. it would be a really good song anyway, but it is a really good opening track. Um and especially when you've heard the best of me, which is probably too good of a single, honestly, you could, you could, you know what I mean? Like that, that on a lot of other bands would be, that's it. That's the best yep. thing they're ever going to do yep. because it's a really good song. And like, so then this track, you know, you pop in the CD and hear this track and you're like, okay, like they're like, this is really good. This is, um, you know, a lot of bands would have just put the best of me as the first track. <laughs> because it's like pretty freaking good uh yeah i love it i think it's a fantastic first track and a good intro to the band um and it does a lot of the uh 
again, the thing we like to say on here is like, introduce your band in a good way. And I think they do a lot of the things, um, background vocals even are very much them that kind of like the slower, yep. uh, kind of not just like doing the harmony, but kind of doing that kind of stuff, like sort of around in a yeah, sense. They do a lot of rounds and actually it's like, yeah. if you try and focus on the background vocals, a lot of times I, I'm not quite sure what's going on. It's not, it sounds no. great. It mixes great with what's going on, but it is very roundy. I'm not sure who's singing. Uh, it's cool. Which it feels very, it feels, that feels like a trombino thumbprint yeah. Yeah. a little yeah. bit, which I like. Um, and I, you, there's 0% chance these guys aren't like heavily influenced by Jimmy World, who wasn't oh, yeah. um, right. in 2001, 2002 in this genre. But I love it. It's not like a ripoff at all, but you can tell that they like, like that band. I mean, you can definitely tell they love that band on the next record. And, um, but I'm here for it. Like I've got no problem. I mean, I ripped off Jimmy World all the time because uh, they they always came out an album off. right before we were writing an album, and so it's just kind of naturally happened. So I'm not I'm not dogging on them at all. I like it, and it's got it's got some of those flavors, but it's just a little more a little more pop punk uh, than Jimmy World. Okay, let's go to track two. Give him the chance. Let's go to you first. What are your thoughts on track two, given the chance? It's almost like it was prophetic because that vocal thing that we were talking about was right there, like the rounding yeah, that's thing. It. That's like, what What are they even doing? It sounds so cool. Uh, not at all Not at all the norm, you know, of, and especially in the genre, not what people are, not what everybody's doing anyway. Um, man, I love this song. We have talked multiple times on this podcast before. All of us are suckers for a good song about a band being a band and enjoying yep. being a band. This is one of the best of those songs. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to read a, a few lyrics if that's okay with you guys. By all means, the, please read the them. entire verse of the, or the second half of the second verse, the feeling of screaming out the words of things I think about and hearing them coming back from the crowd's mouth is perfect. Yeah. What an awesome line. And then when the curtains close, I'll realize how fast time can go. Thanks for everything. You know how much this means. Like I just, dude, what I, is? It's like so perfectly put. It gives me all the good feels when I listen to it. Um, and there is kinda, nothing better no. than a crowd singing back the lyrics you wrote. No. Like I mean, there's nothing. I don't. I mean, maybe there's there's probably better. But I mean, like being in a Dude, band it's like pretty that, good, Blake. <laughs> I mean, I've heard. like in in the band sense. Sorry, in oh, the yeah. in the sense of being a band, which is why, like you know, a lot of people are like, "Are you a studio guy?" Like, do you, like you know, people try to like yeah. put you in a box of do you prefer to be in the studio or live? And I'm like, man, it's hard to beat that energy you get from a crowd in yeah. live. And I just love that, like he's unabashedly uh, full of gratitude for being able to do that. Yeah. Like I like that. Like he's not trying to be too cool. Like I, I like that he's just like, dude, this is awesome. I'm getting to like play songs that I wrote in front of crowds of people that are singing back those lyrics to me. Um, 
that's amazing. I like it. I'm with you, Kyle. Chris, what are your thoughts on it? Yep. And I love the the humility of it too. It doesn't come across as like arrogant, yeah. you know, it's very, Not like, at all. I'm you know, blessed. Um, and yeah, dude, like boys, some like boys to men action with the background bubbles. That was my note too. Like, I was like, what is happening back there? How do you make that work? Um, with this like young kid, just like, all right, now go. And then just like, somehow, like sounds That's like the, the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. Um, yeah. And then, um, uh, the, I, I, I personally love that such a young band comes comes in hot with the forbidden beat in verse two you know like the mm. <laughs> yeah so awesome oh. and the jersey shout out of course if you're a band in the early aughts you have to say something about new jersey on your pop punk album otherwise you get canceled That's demerits That's yeah right. um i don't know why the phaser was the go-to guitar oh, yeah. effect for <laughs> bands <laughs> for pop punk <laughs> bands <laughs> but it absolutely was for some reason everyone was like uh, boss phaser that's the only pedal you're allowed to use on a pop punk record at the time we weren't into the delay yet we were like nothing else it was just phaser for some reason we love to do it we even threw it on drums uh on some records and stuff so that right like that's a little bit of like a oh this is from 2001 or 2002 uh feeling when i hear that i i actually don't like the the one thing i don't love about this song is the intro it feels a little Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Different. To, like, cut, copy, yeah. paste kind of thing. Yeah. But, like, by the time we get to the chorus and all those vocals and stuff, I'm I'm into it. I think it's it's cool. But it is a, it's, like, a little jarring coming out of up and go. It just, it doesn't, like, do it for me right off the bat. I would have gone, you know, if we were talking about, like, sort order. I can't remember. I accidentally started playing this record the other day, and I was on shuffle still, and it went to another song. I was like, that's actually a better song, too. They, they probably could have spread... The, the front half of this record a, a little they could have distributed a little, a little differently yeah yeah um, and I almost would have just gone straight into the verse I think if it would have been me I just would have been like skip this yeah. intro and we're just gonna go straight into the verse like I think that would have been a cool just like come in with that uh you know thing yeah. that they like on the verses I think that would have been a cooler kind of intro to it but you know I'm not like nitpicking this or anything necessarily uh, let's go to track three leaving Chris, what are your thoughts on track three? So going back to my first impression where I said that I like didn't really have a first impression, but I knew when I heard this song, when this album came out, that it was from their EP. So obviously I was a fan of this band because I was like, yeah. oh, this is that song they did on that EP. Um, yeah. But I love the intro that they added, that little piece um, at the at the beginning. Uh, I think it's the way of saying the fans like, hey, you've heard this song before. It's, uh, yeah. You know, um, great, great chorus. Um, it's very lazy in, in a podcast about music to be like, Hey, doesn't that sound like, but they covered a Diane Warren song on their EP. So I know this guy's like a fan of like 80s style songs. And like, I can't help, but just say that that chorus has like a pretty close melody sound to the five will go West goes West song, um, somewhere out there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It yep. does. 
right? So yeah. I don't know if it's an intentional thing. That's pretty thing, good. I No, I mean, I don't think it would have been intentional, but it is absolutely the same melody. Yeah, yeah. So, Well, um, if you love music I, and you're not influenced by Fievel, you're a liar. Yeah, that's one of the best. Yeah. That's one of the best soundtrack songs. I mean, definitely for an animated. One of the movie. best duets of all time. And it's a oh. great duet. The yeah, so, that's yeah, we one were, of the. We were talking about Last of Us, Linda Ronstadt. So yeah, yeah. the rare occasion where the like uh, pop version uh-huh. of an animated song is pretty good because like a lot of them weren't like. Although it's funny that like is it uh, is it. Which one is it that has Celine Dion and then like some guy I've never heard of? <laughs> Pablo Bryson, dude. Don't you ever forget that man's name. <laughs> I will always forget his name. Uh, but Celine, Celine Dion wasn't like the the juggernaut that she, you know, because it's like 1990 or something at that point. But uh, yeah, uh, that was a classic movie. The the old Fifle man. That was a great song. But that is the same melody. You're absolutely right, Chris. Good observation. Uh, Kyle, also, what are your thoughts on? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Well, I just want to say 212 of 99 was 24 years ago. That's kind of crazy, too. Just yeah. saying. Yikes. Yikes. Indeed. Yeah. Um, so I don't have anything as good as uh, my birthday buddies, an American tale uh, comparison. That's wonderful. Um, yeah, sorry. Five Goes the, West was the sequel. The sequel. Oh, yeah. also great. Bad. American Tale is the first one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the ah ahs are great in this song. Also, this one is kind of like, you know, back then we were young enough that like you might put it on a mixtape and be like, uh, yeah, girl, don't break up with me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it it, it, it has a place on on a certain kind of mixtape. A please very don't break up with me mixtape. Very yes, on the very nose. Is. If it's a please don't break up with me, what are you trying to say, Kyle? I have made one of those mixtapes. Unfortunately, <laughs> I have made one of those where you just like feel it kind of coming. You're like, hey, I don't think so it's gonna I just work. burned this disc for you, please. I don't know if I no. gave it to her though. It might have been more of a like more for you. in my car as, <laughs> yeah. as I anticipated it coming up. It definitely had. Um, it, yeah, I don't think I gave it. I definitely did not give it to her. I just had a playlist because uh, Huey Lewis in the News. If this is it, was definitely on the rotation. <laughs> that's one of those songs. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good pre-breakup song uh, for sure. Anyway, what what are your thoughts on it, Kyle? Other than uh, other than that? Oh, I mean, it's. I that's that's all I had. The ah uh, ahs mixed kind of a mixtape. It's 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 still you know what we're three tr- tracks in now, really strong. I do think that, um, I think you bring up a good point, Blake, about maybe moving some stuff around. I would probably do that, but um, I am loving the record up to this point, and I'm mad that uh this kid is a kid and he's making it look easy. Also, shout out to the tempo change. Oh yeah, courses. Yep, yep. It's a weird thing that doesn't that like totally threw me off the first time I heard it. Like, what's happening? We just we just added twenty BPM to this song. Um, but yeah, I like it. It's a good song. Uh, the secondary guitar part too on the outro when they go halftime. Mm-hmm. The, the oh, I love the drums. The yeah, halftime's a great, awesome, great feel on this track. Uh, I, I really like it. Well, let's go to the juggernaut of songs here. Uh, track four, <laughs> the best of me. We turn on Tell me what you thought about when you were going out so alone. The worst is over. You 
I will never tire of this song. No. It is good every single time I hear it. Uh anyway, Kyle, what what are your thoughts on it? Um First of all, I am amazed that a kid that is 17 years old can write these words. Like it feels relevant to me as a 40-year-old man. Like uh, what is it? We got older, but we're still young. We never grew out of this feeling that we won't give up. The 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 craziest thing about this song is that <clears throat> my biggest criticism for a lot of bands is when someone gets too wordy and this song is very wordy. But yeah, there's it a is lot of lyrics. Perfect. It is it is perfect, man. I remember the first time I heard this and it was just like what? Any of that any of that hate that I had, it was just I was I mean, I was livid when I heard this song. Kenny Basoli. <laughs> um it's it's perfect, <sighs> man. The I, I mean I, I picked that clip because it had that little organ just like real quick yep. in it. Yeah. Um and then the uh, the you know the the verb on the on that guitar part. <laughs> yeah. Uh man, I love Delay. everything about this song. And I and you actually said it best, Blake. I'll I'll never tire of this song. It it anytime it's on, I'm gonna listen to it. Um, I probably, if I pulled into my driveway and it wasn't over, I'd stay in my car until it Oh, finished. absolutely. Yep. So. It is one of the best pop punk songs ever, in my um, opinion. It was ranked in the top, in the top hundred pop punk songs of all time. I'm, I'll look while, we, while you guys chat and see if yeah. I can find the, the Chris, number. Tell, on that. Yeah. You tell us some, uh, tell us some, some thoughts on the best of me. I, this is a hard song to talk about without just being very uh, superlative. I don't know. <laughs> yes, that's exactly the word I was looking for. Actually, um, it's a perfect song. It's perfect. Um, the guitars that that hold it together. Um, once again, adding all those layers of background vocals. Um, I, I actually wrote down the the lyrics that you spoke about, Kyle. I just said the lyrics and the chorus are so great and so meaningful for yeah. such a young kid. Um, and then the two pieces, you know, the, I don't know, I don't know what you call it, like in songwriting words, but the, just the, tell me what you thought about, just, I, I don't know, even that, I just, it's so well, clever they, they and interesting. Yeah. It's the drop so cool. out of all the instruments and just the right. vocal leading I almost that chose It's from very brave. Second, yeah. I almost chose from second one to, for the clip on this one, because well, it's just that's like, it. That's the thing is, what what do you pick on this song? Because I mean, I yeah. I wonder, and we don't know obviously, but like I wonder, based on some of the other songs having longer long intros, I wonder if the song originally was the intro and Trombino or someone was like, hey, you got to do that chorus acoustic at the start of it, like yeah. Well, they shorten it on the if you watch the music video, they shorten the intro. So yep. they, I guess they thought it was a little long. What a Which waste is of a so video! Awful video. Stupid. <laughs> well, I mean, I get what they're it trying to go ter- for. It's a terrible yeah. video. There were a lot of really <laughs> bad <laughs> videos, but I know. But the song's so good. It's like the video should have been. They should have had like freaking like I don't know, Anthony Hopkins in it. Like they should <laughs> pull out all the stops. I don't know. Um, okay, <laughs> like so opus, alter- like a November rain thing. Yeah. Alternative Press ranked at 35 on their top 100 singles from the 2000s. Okay. And Cleveland.com. <laughs> oh, what? I'm sorry. TheCleveland.com? The Cleveland. The city, the sweet city of Cleveland. The mistake uh, on the lake. Yeah, they uh, they rank this 33 
on on their list of top 100 pop punk songs of all time. Well, they're the authority. I would. I mean, I don't. Know, I I can't figure a way. It's not in the top ten for me. I w- and I'm gonna have to make this list now. I think. But yeah. well, you because you have to compare it to like Longview and Basket Case by Green yeah, Day. Yeah, exactly. So if it's 33, that's not bad. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it is. It is so, so good, so and good. I don't know anyone that doesn't like this song. That it's yeah, man. Oh, they, oh when I was I, when PS I was studying, mixtape must. Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yes. Dude, when I was playing this record with with my boys listening to it, uh, Rivers goes, this is my new favorite song. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He goes, I want to hear this song every day. (laughs) Isn't that funny how like your kids, like that happens to me all the time. I'm playing a playlist or some random thing and all of a sudden they're like, who is this? And that's how you know they liked it. They're like, who is this? And it's like. Well, there's there's a famous, or not a famous, but there's a Sopranos episode where they're like pretending to be music producers and this music producer from like the fifties and he hears our song and he's like, it's no good. He goes, you haven't produced songs in like 30 years. I'm totally paraphrasing, but he said, let me tell you one thing about songs. Like a hit's a hit. I mean, you know it when you hear it, it doesn't matter what kind That's of music's true. popular. Like if it's got it, it's got it. And this song, yeah, this is a timeless song for sure. Yeah. I mean, literally that just like the intro gives me all the feels going from the acoustic chorus to that intro is awesome. Again, a song I loved playing on drums. Uh, I and I now want to go do that again. I'm gonna go rock it next time I'm playing drums. Uh, verses are perfect. Pre-chorus is perfect. Chorus is perfect. Going to the halftime on the chorus is a great feel. I love that the symbols are just on the one, two, three, four. Like, yeah. And, you know, it's like I don't know. They just. I really cannot figure out the. Oh, I mean, if I had to have one complaint about it, is that lyrically we will kiss girl felt like we were just trying to fill that one yeah. little spot yeah. in the line, but that's it. I mean like everything else about it, I really like. And like I said, he's like 17 when he writes this or whatever. I was writing way worse songs at 17. I, I um, think it's fair to say that this was a big middle finger to Richard Raines telling him he couldn't write a chorus. Ooh, oh, I like yeah. it. I mean, but sometimes you need that motivation. How often do totally. we talk about the the single that wasn't on the record that the album was like, hey, we need something better, or we need this or whatever, and they write this like, like angry, and then that's it. That's yeah. what it is. Begrudgingly, they write this song. It ends up being great. It's almost like the label's going, watch this. I'm going to tell him he's not very good at writing choruses. We're going to get like a freaking banger of a song. I mean. It's chef's kiss good. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's such a good song. And I, now I want to make that list. I'm, I We should try to come up with our top 10 yep. pop, punk song, pop, pop punk songs. Let's uh, see if we can figure that out. Okay, let's go to track five, uh, which is A Good Night's Sleep. Kyle, just giving you that full fade out to think about what you're going to say for a good night's sleep. So I have a question for you guys on this one. Okay. It, it haunts me. Um, so 
I think that this is a great song, and I think it's probably even a better song than I think it is for it to, for me to even like the song that comes after Best of Me. So kudos to them for that. But that's that line. Um, I picked the outro on this one because it's got like all the extra special parts on it. But the lyrics say that he's saying because it works both ways. And he is not saying that. He's saying something else. and I think I, he's saying because sleep works both ways. That's it, what I always thought he was saying. Sleep works both ways because I've, I've heard people say fate works both ways or faith works both ways. And I'm like, I don't know what he's saying. And it's kind of one of those things that when someone tells you the wrong thing, it, it starts to sound right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, maybe he is saying that. But the lyrics on everything that I found say because it works both ways and I'm like, no, he's not saying that. I can see why it turns into a weird thing to say with that phrasing, though, where yeah. it cannot sound normal. Because no one would say, because it works, but no one would say that normally. Right. And that's maybe why it, I mean, I'm Dude, trying I, to. I did two searches for lyrics and it's because it works both ways. And then the second one I looked up, it says, because fate works both ways. Fate. Yeah. See, I always thought it said fate. I, for some reason, I I said sleep because that's what I. But I don't know that I really know now that I'm. That is so weird. I wonder if I even have the liner notes still back in my CD I, booklet that, back there. Right, because I have seen a lot of times like uh, Apple Music and Spotify, like they'll whatever source they get it from, they'll just be a little wrong or a little off, or there'll be a okay. typo. Yeah, we got to get those liner notes out. Yeah. Okay. Literally, I'm on like. You're right. Two different things. One says fate. One says it. Yeah, that's really crazy. I'm gonna. I'm literally at the next clip. I'm gonna go grab my CD booklet and see if I can. I hear find. fate, but also, I don't know. I I heard sleep. I feel like, um, but I, I could be wrong. About that. I'll <laughs> never hear it the same again. I'll tell you that. Now I'll just be like, <laughs> I think it is just a phrasing thing. I think it's just one of those things that sounds that you hear wrong. Uh, and it probably is fate or it. Um, well, uh, so aside from that lyric, I like the kind of big int- musical intro, the kind of swooping guitar. I like that guitar part, little mouth guitar for you guys. Um, and I like the, the clean part too. the picking you mentioned or you Chris or Blake. I don't remember which one, but you guys were talking about how they're really good about the two guitar parts. Yeah, I think that they're they're kind of rocking that on this one, um, which I think it's the not as good of, as best to me, but nothing is. Well, but like it's kind of the ballad ish, yeah. yeah, and like, but it's like mid tempo ballad, and that's a good. I think that's the right. I think it's the the perfect song on this record to follow the best to me because I'm actually really into this song. I really like yeah. it, but I'm not I'm not comparing it to the best of me because it's a different vibe, yeah. and so I actually think it's the perfect song to follow best of me because um, it's just like you know it's. Sort of in that Adam song vein mm. of yeah. you know once Blink Twenty Two did that it kind of gave I feel like it gave people or permission or like Good Riddance or whatever I mean Good Riddance is much more of the, like to the extreme of that but I feel like those things gave pop punk bands like oh cool we can do something a little bit slower uh, it doesn't have to be everything else but that's uh yeah I like it and I like the choruses I think they're really good choruses um, Chris do you have any other thoughts on it? No, I, I said, holy moly, I love the big choruses. They went big again with the, you know, hitting the top of his range. And yeah, I thought it was a nice spot for a, a pop punk uh, air quotes ballad. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, 
that's my favorite. I, I love yeah. these kind of things. These are um, these are what I live for. Okay, oh, let's go track six. Almost there, going nowhere. man i love that part right where it's fading yeah. out that's a great little part of the verse uh kyle what are your thoughts on it uh i i love this song it's freaking punk rock uh i i love that that finger picking part um love the way that the snare sounds this one this one is um i don't think it's i don't think it's like as awesome as the first five songs but musically i really love it it's just fun. Yeah, I really like that. Those verses, especially that verse right there, because that uh, flaming also it's, drum. it says the title. This is the song would say it like you mean it in it. So you gotta, you always you gotta, gotta like that. Bottle rocket. It's a great movie. Chris, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, love that they brought the speed. Like after that ballad, like they cooled us off for just a second, and then like coming in hot. Um, I d- definitely had a note about the state like you mean it because he does he emphasizes that you know it's it's <laughs> just alone out there in that verse um, and uh, dude another great chorus uh, for as wordy as they can be sometimes he's really good at just like finding a hook and be like I'm just gonna say this over and over this yep. is a great line but, but you know we can all relate to that especially well, I can't relate to it anymore I can't stay awake past eight but um, you know I, I do remember like being on the phone with my girlfriend and, you know, just like holding myself up like, Oh no, no, I'm awake. I'm awake. I'm awake. Well, yeah, I like the line about like over the phone so I can tell the truth. Cause yeah, yeah. wasn't there something like real about that where it was like easier to say the hard thing on the phone oh, yeah. than it was in person. Um, and now I feel like that's texting, but like the, the fo- talking on the phone was as close to like having a buffer <laughs> right. uh, back then. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm into it. And I really like, um, the we've got yeah i like the different parts of it i like that we have some a little bit more dynamics in this one i feel like like we've got some verses like that verse that we were just talking about it's like the flaming and the just the bass kind of rumbling in it um i dig it i think it's a cool again four five six as far as track order nail it because like it's hard to follow best of me so they kind of do it with the mid-tempo ballad thing and then they go like you're right just come right back in full speed uh, on this one and I'm into it. I love the harmonies. They just have really good harmonies throughout this whole record. Um, really good. And they, they do them well live too. Uh, the one time I saw them. Um, oh uh, yeah, they're great. I think, I think there's a benefit to having, when you have a bass playing lead singer, it does allow the guitars to be a little bit more complicated. Um, just because, you know, normally someone's kind of holding down the rhythm a little bit, but like you can be a little bit more, um, not like that if you want to be and i think that's kind of cool so uh let's go to track seven so i can flip through the cd book some more because it's super loud guys uh and i'll try to see if i can find that jacket while i'm here okay track seven which is uh check our cheek to cheek (laughs) 
Chris, what are your thoughts on track seven, Cheek to Cheek? Classic Trombino intro. I mean, he's got his hands all over that, right? Like, yeah. He's like, I'm going to, you guys want me to do my thing here? Let me just groove on this lo-fi for a while. Um, yeah. It. Okay. So this is the part of my notes where like, I'm kind of running out of things to say about the songs. Cause like, they're all great, but there's, there's nothing like crazy unique about like, they're starting to, <laughs> yep. they're, they're good on their own, but there's nothing like, Oh, this song has this one thing that's so different. Um, I, I mean, Again, great lines and great delivery on the I'll meet you at seven. I miss you already. The last goodbye I've ever say. That's a pretty timeless thing to write um, for such a young guy. And then um, the uh, uh, the Finch lead singer, the scream. Did you guys hear that hiding? Yeah. at the end of the bridge. I love oh, is that name. who it is? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Another yeah. drive-through band. Yeah, but you know I, you know I hate it though. I mean, well, yeah, but it's it's just a, it's a little taste. Yeah, it's just a but little it's bit. Like, but like, you like why? It, right? You like, like it. You like it's it. Like, but it's like we just did it because some like because Thursday's album came out. Like it's like it's not. I just feel like it's like why? Well, Finch why is this was a in monster there? band. I would say in this case, it's because it's because yeah. of Finch and Drive Through. Yeah. I mean, I know why, but like, why? There's just like if you're on a <laughs> label with like. Snoop Dogg, you don't just throw him in the middle of it because I don't know. Oh, I, maybe you might. Wait a minute, they Snoop absolutely. Actually, I would. Actually, I would. <laughs> Bad example. Actually, yeah. I would. Yeah, you're right. Never mind. That's not a great example. I just that was the first thing that came to my mind for some reason because you know why it came to my mind honestly is because flipping through my CDF, Notorious B.I.G. was <laughs> was one of them. So nice. I had rap on the brain. Apparently, uh, I've still not found the starting line jacket uh, in digging through my two giant CD booklets. I might not have it. I mean, maybe I, it was, Within a few minutes, you found a giant CD booklet. I'm well, very impressed already. They're right back in this, this little cabinet of mine. Uh, Kyle, what are your thoughts on track seven? Cheek, cheek. Uh, the, the same as Chris. I really love I love the way the song builds. I really like the intro. Uh, I, I Again, I, on the clip on this one, I almost wanted to start it from that because I love the way I love the way that it builds in. <clears throat> and this one to me is like, maybe like that guitar parts, maybe just a little bit heavier than, than the other songs. And I think that that probably was influenced by like, Oh yeah, we got to have a song with Nate from Finch on it. Um, but I, I really like it. One of my favorite lines from this song has always been, um, <clears throat> we held each other, held hands, held standards and grudges. I think that that's pretty cool. Um, and again, I think, I don't think that he writes like a kid. I, I mean, and, and also I guess I, I, we keep, we keep, I guess I keep talking about Kenny. It does credit all of them as writing these songs. So right. maybe, maybe, you know, collectively they are lyrical geniuses or something, but, um, for a band that had a lead singer still in high school, I really don't think there's anything in his lyrics that stand out to me as being super high school. Oh. No, I think that's like, like much better. I mean, there's like some, there are moments um, on this I mean, and the next record that I'm go, Oh, it's just, but it's, it's really just every once in a while. It's not very often um, that it happens. See, I'm seeing credits of just him on, on most of these, but they, we also have conflicting lyric notes. Yeah. So, uh, hard, hard to tell. This, this is where I go. Like, oh, this, this is fine. But it's not amazing, especially after those last three tracks. Um, sure. It's fine, but it's not like I'm not like sh I'm not skipping it. But I, I don't love it. It's fine. Um, this is where 
there's a few songs like this on here where I'm just like, yeah, it's fine, which is what makes me love the next two records more is because like there's nothing, even there's like 10 seconds on the next two records that I yep. want to skip essentially. So uh, let's go to track eight. Hello, Houston. Here we go. Kyle, where are you at on Hello Houston? So I have a note about this song and the next two songs that I think is baller. Am I about to steal it from you, Chris? This this is the most Blink-182 yeah. that they sound. Like you could put Mark Hoppus or Tom DeLonge on this song yeah. and you wouldn't question. I'm talking the way he's playing the drums, yeah. the guitar tr- tone and bass tone choices, the guitar parts. It's It's... The weirdest, it's like I'm proud of them for, it almost feels like rebellion. Like, no, we're putting these songs at the end of the record instead of the front. But also because they're back to back, it feels strange. Like yeah. maybe spread them out or something. But truly, like the next three songs, I I swear to you, could be Blink-182 songs. The, ne- the intro on the next song, the intro on the following song. And it's like, I, I wish we had some insight. I wish we could talk to Kenny because it, it it makes me wonder if it was like they were pushed in that direction and they oh, were I'm like... I'm confident they were. Didn't you have the story about ha- them like making him dye his hair? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm just saying like there's no way there wasn't an external Well, with the amount of records that Blink of was selling, there's no way the label wasn't asking for them to be a little Blink-182. But it's weird to me that the only time that they really do it are on these... Ne- this song and the following two songs but right in a row yes three three of them yeah but yeah also i because, like the song yeah i like it too but I, yeah. I think you're absolutely right i think it is it's um it's very much this was happening a lot in 2000 2001 2002 especially pre blink 2 coming out with their untitled if that's what we're supposed yeah. to call it record yeah you know, before Blink-22 kind of said like, okay, that's enough of that. And, um, and kind of changed, changed it up a little bit. It's funny that Blink-22 were the people that did it and not other people. Everyone was, um, trying to get a little bit of that, um, pop punk Blink-22 money and who could blame them? Blink-22 was, yeah, like selling lots of records, gigantic, but it's, what sucks is that it's like, it's good. You're right. It's a good song, but it doesn't, it never interests me to just hear a carbon copy of something else. Unless yep. that something else is old, you know, like we've talked about whatever, um, freaking, uh, 1975 is definitely an in excess, like 30 years later kind of thing. But you're like, Oh, but yeah, but there hasn't been an in excess and unfortunately right. he's dead. And so like, I like, I like it when it's like, not that that's a carbon copy at all, or Dawes is Jackson Brown, like, or like whatever. Right. I mean, like pick it. Yeah. I'm fine with it. It's like, okay, it's from 30 years ago. Or uh, who's that other band that sounds like Led Zeppelin now? Um, like, oh, you know, uh, good. Gosh, I can, I can see him. I know. Me too. Anyway, Von, like, Von something. Yeah. Von so, Trap. 
Yeah, I was gonna say Gre- Greta Van on, Fleet. Greta Van Fleet. Von Trapp is from Von Sound of Music. From yes. Sound of Music. It's not correct. <laughs> and, <laughs> but to be fair, guys, nothing has influenced deer, me more. Female deer. <laughs> <laughs> I can so, see that little deer in my head now. It's going to haunt yeah. my dreams. Thanks yeah. a lot. Uh, yeah, but that's the kind of thing. Like, but you when Von it's Von Trapp sound and mother efforts, just like them. <laughs> Starting line. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. But like, if you when you do it one year after uh, take off your yeah. pants and jacket, it's just it doesn't work as well. It's just, and, and I don't think that's. I mean, I have no doubt that. Kenny's massively influenced by Bling Away too, as all of us were when we were young. Um, you know, people starting bands and stuff. And and but I think the label was probably the 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 bigger push here than um than the band was. Because you can hear how much they uh on the next record, clearly like Jimmy oh, World yeah. and are yep. channeling that, but would never carbon copy, never just like stealing stuff. Um, oh yeah, even, like they, they're def- they definitely go on to create their own sound from their influences. Yeah, I think so. I so I definitely like you know with knowing nothing of the backstory or the you know behind the scenes stuff. I'm the hair dyeing antidote alone is enough for me to go like the label was trying to was yeah. had a hand in some of this for sure. Um, and. Yeah, so it's it's fine, but it doesn't. It's not super memorable because of that. You know, it's I'm, not it's not what I'm putting on a mixtape. I'm like laughing. At, I'm laughing to myself, Blake, because you're mentioning the hair dyeing, and it's like, or we could just listen to any of the lyrics on based on a true story, and how much they hated the label for that. You know, very true. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Why are we? <laughs> Why am I going with the hair dyeing analogy when it's like, yeah, I mean, you're uh, not wrong. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. Uh, okay, let's go to track nine, Decisions, Decisions. He loves you, who loves you more? To let you go. He loves you, who loves you more? To let you go. This one for me, the verses are better than the chorus. Absolutely. Am I alone in that? No, yeah, I, I, mean, I said no. the. I, I like them both. Yeah. No. I'm kind of in the same boat here as like cheek to cheek. I'm like, it's pretty good, but it yeah. it doesn't have anything that like just jumps out at me as um great. I still really like it. I like. Yeah. It's, I again, I'm not kicking these songs off the album. It's not even really a lull. It's just it's less interesting than some of the other stuff that's happened. Well, and it's weirder because of what we were talking about. Like it's, cl- I mean, in this one, even though you like, if you don't like the chorus as well, totally fine. But the chorus is the least Blink One Eighty Two part about the song. Everything else is kind of a carbon copy of Blink One Eighty Two. The intro for sure. Yeah. Um And and it's like, it's just weird that they put these <laughs> three together. This was. This was the order that we were that I was alluding to earlier. Like I, I just don't know why that. And also, up until this point, we were talking about this is the perfect song to follow. Best of me, and this is great. But like, it feels it feels like a lull, even though it isn't one, because it's like, 
these three songs are just so similar to one another. This sounds more like Newfound Glory to me than Blink-182, though. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I can see that. Um, but it's just I, a very on-the-nose pop-punk song. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like but, AI created it's, it. It's like, take, I said, like, if you, if, I was like, if you took all the pop-punk tropes and just, like, mixed them, like, mashed them yeah. in a stew. I mean, but yeah. Kenny still delivers, dude. I mean, he's yeah. selling it, even if it's a little bit phoned in. Like, he, he's yeah, still selling every note. I, I was proud of him for that. Also, oh, Chris, yeah. you no, mentioned I mean, it that sometimes he'll just like sing one line over. That's definitely this chorus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like it. It's in a good other line. songs. In this song, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. He does love me more. Whatever. I think there's a reason where <laughs> the what we would maybe call the lull of track seven, eight, nine, or at seven, eight, nine. You know, it's yeah. like well, thirteen tracks is a lot of songs. A lot. For the, you could, could cut a couple. Absolutely. Yeah. Once again, not saying you should. But just saying, like, th- this is a pretty, that's a lot of songs for, for this album. I, was that a drive through thing? Like, did they always go hot? Like, I felt like it was 10 or 11 was the track count that you went back in this Man, time. I, I mean, I don't know. Just knowing contracts, I don't know why the F anyone would ever do more than 10 songs. Yeah. <laughs> right. If you're not getting <laughs> Unless you're MXPX it. and then you do 17. <laughs> but yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. In, in case you don't know, most yeah. record contracts were, you know, you get paid for 10 songs on the record and that's it. So even if, if you make a record with 17 songs on it, as far as like mechanical royalties from the sale of CDs, you were only getting paid for 10 of those. Now that's not counting songwriting songwriting. You get all of it. But as far as like the mechanical royalties from selling a CD, they would only most labels. I mean, unless you were like had made a great record and you got to renegotiate that deal for your second record. Um, you were only getting paid for 10. So like you, you know, you were not getting any more money for putting in 11, 12, 13, 14. Uh, and especially this is like 47 minutes, which is pretty long for a pop punk record. Um, yeah. We're talking about like the year before this Weezer's green album is 27 minutes long with 10 songs on it. Well, and we can, uh, I mean, honestly, in ca- since we're here in case anybody doesn't know, the other thing is, and this is why bands do this. Some labels, so when, when you get signed, you are signed to like a three-record deal, right? Uh, you don't get paid for more than 10 songs. <laughs> more and than three then, normally, but yeah. Yeah, it's more than three. <laughs> but like I, I, five I'm just saying, plus three, a greatest hits, uh, but yeah. It, it, yeah. That's exactly right. Plus yep. a greatest hits. Now, some of them don't say plus a greatest hits, so you can make your greatest hits one of the five to fulfill your contract. The same goes for holiday records, which yep. is why it was such a thing that like, Everybody would put out a Christmas record. Yep, because it counts. Uh, yep, it, to get it out does. of your deal. Uh, most, some of them didn't even have EPs, not as part of yeah. it. Sometimes, yeah. if they weren't super clever well, about it, it they started time, getting more wasn't clever a about it. Time constraint. There was, I think, a time thing sometime, but it was pretty low. Um, yeah. and that like EPs had kind of disappeared f- until late '90s, kind of thing, as far right. as coming back in. So I think some people took advantage of that. Before, but like, you know, by 2000, when people are now releasing EPs, you know, because a lot of bands would just like bootstrap like a three or four song EP together because that was all they could afford to do. And then tour on that or something like that. I think all of us, every band we know did that or split EPs and stuff. So those weren't necessarily worked in the contracts yet. Um, And so you could get I think Juliana Theory did that. That's why they came out with that EP after... um, Emotion is dead. That fulfilled the rest of their record contract so that they could go on and do love, I think, with mm. the major. 
I think that was part of that. So, um, yeah. So this is just a music industry thing of like, yeah, to put 13 tracks on a record when, uh, especially a debut album like this, I don't know. I feel like it's, uh, they could have, they can, you don't need it. They could have dropped a couple here, but, um, they didn't, that's fine. I'm not, who am I to tell them they're more successful than I am, but, uh, let's go to track 10 saddest girl story. Chris, what are your thoughts on it? <laughs> I don't remember why, but I wrote down, this song has a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's because it has a lot of words. It does. Um, yes, it's a very wordy song. But that, the dude, what a great clip, Kyle. Great pick. Um, hey, thanks. Yeah, dude, the freaking rhythm section showed the F up on this song. Like, the drums are so cool with the guitars bouncing around. Um, I really, really really dig that part of it um chorus is a little forgettable it's it's not not didn't do it for me um and then i we you already mentioned that this is the this is three of three of the, the bleak yeah. 182 like <laughs> segue in the album yeah i think that's pretty fair um yeah i feel pretty much the same way it's like this is definitely another kind of blink way two in the vein of um i saw that someone else produced this one but i don't know is this one that was on the ep too or no uh yeah yeah okay, that must so. be what it is okay it was probably it just sounds a little credit different from right the, yeah i don't i, th- oh, I think yeah, Trombino probably did it i think the credit i was looking at was wrong i bet it was talking i think i bet it credited the producer that did the same track on the previous thing instead of on this record because i'm looking at all music now and it does not say that there's another producer on this so um yeah, I mean, uh, same thing here. I mean, Kyle, where where are you at on on this one? I mean, I'm in the same place. I think I do think it's probably my favorite uh, of the three Blink ish or more pop punk ish songs yeah. or whatever. Um, it's my favorite of the three, and specifically because of that clip, I really like that little bridge right there. Uh, and I like I I couldn't fit it in 30 seconds, but even before that, where they kind of it breaks down even lower than that. And then they build into him picking back up, kicking it four on the floor. I, I, I really, really like that bridge. Um, and I think I like the, uh, I think, no, I do like <laughs> the, uh, the line, take a look around. You could have anyone. So leave undeserving him. Um, yeah, this is my favorite. This is my favorite starting 182 song. <laughs> I really, I love, this is one I'm with you, Chris. I don't, I think the chorus is okay, but the verses are really good. I really like the rhythm of it. I like that it goes to that kind of breakdown at the end of every stanza or whatever with the drum. I like that. I think it's got a good bounce to it. Um, I'm with you, Kyle. I think it's the best of this kind of, um, yeah, this little area of the album for sure. And this was a pretty popular one. I feel like, it was. Yeah. People really liked from the EP version of this uh, song too. I feel like I heard people talking about it all the time, which I liked it, but I was always kind of like, 
guys, how is anyone not talking about um, the best of me instead? <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> like this is fine and all, but it's not. Um, yeah, it's, it ain't the best of me. Yeah, I mean, it's a good song, but and I can see why this on an on an EP, not this full length that has some of these other songs like Up and Go and uh, Good Night Sleep and Best of Me and stuff. Yeah, it probably it probably stood out a lot on a on the on the first EP for sure, which I actually never. I don't oh, really? think. No, no, no. I have listened to it because it's more. Um, no, wait. I'm getting confused now because there is. Um, There's an EP after this too. Right. Yeah. And that's the yeah, one. And that's, that one's. Whew, that one's that good. The okay. That EP? one's cool. Yeah. That's so. I've yeah. not listened to the early one. Then I've just listened to the uh, was the make yourself at home or something. Yeah. Yeah. That one's cool because it's like very. Um, kind of experimental. Kind of lo-fi. And kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. It's a it's a got a cool vibe to it. I like it. Okay, let's go to uh track eleven left coast envy. Can I sell this sunrise in return for a sunset? Yeah. Can I just be here one more day until my sunburn fades away? Can I Okay, this one's weird. Do you know who this sounds like to me? But it's not possible that they ripped him off. Let's hear it. All American Rejects. This sounds oh, like a Rejects song. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I can even hear the that. like, even the phrasing, even the, uh, like yeah. the melody, like it sounds wow. like the way Tyson would sing a song. Like, yeah. And I know, like, this album came out either the exact same time. I don't know. He does. He does say until my sunburn fades away. Away. <laughs> The the most favorite lyric of that debut All American Rejects thing, but I mean I'm pretty sure the Rejects album came out a couple months after this because I think it came out in August of 2002 or September. Yeah. So there's no way they ripped them off. Yeah. But um, anyway, just thought that was a weird like this song always sounds like a Rejects song to me. Um, and. But in, not in a ripoff way, for sure, because I'm pretty sure that was not possible. But right, um, and it, I'm not saying it sounds like a specific reject song. It sounds just like it could be a reject song. Um, anyway, what 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 are your thoughts, Kyle? Uh, well, I freaking love the palm mutes, ja, 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 going crazy on this one. Um, honestly, I hadn't considered the rejects thing. I do hear it, but what I what I hear more than that for me is like. I feel like we've returned to sounding like the starting line, them playing songs that they want to play. And I like that. Um, you know, we talked about the 10 song rule. I'm not saying I don't like those three songs, but um, you don't need them. You could, you could, you could cut them out and just come back in here and I'd be a okay with that. Well, I would, I mean, I would say seven, eight, nine, cheek to cheek, hello, Houston decisions, decisions. Oh, okay. Are the ones I would drop, but I'd keep okay. sad girl story. I think. Yeah, I like Status Girl. I like Status Girl story like enough to keep too. it in here. Um, but yeah, I definitely like this. I don't. I think it's. It, you're right. It's definitely. It feels more starting line. Like I feel like okay, this is a. Um, this has a style. Chris, wh- where are you at on it? I really. My favorite part about this song is the bridge. I I think the bridge is really cool. Um, I, I think it's somebody else singing. 
if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, it's Nate from Finch. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it seems like they, they added their, he added his own style to it because it didn't sound like a starting line melody. Um, and, and yeah, that, that part I really liked. And then... Um, I never even noticed that this guest vocals. Yeah. Is that how clueless I am on this? So I always read, I always read the, you know, like the Wikipedia article, and I always go down to see if there's any guest vocalists, yeah, and then I start listening for yeah. them, and then uh, to see if I notice it, like because sometimes you can't notice it, but I don't know, it's just a thing I do. So um, I'm pretty sure this is the yeah. one where Nate Nate sings on two songs. I think that this is the other one. Which, by the way, I don't even. Where are they from? Where are the Starling from? Pennsylvania. Uh, Phil, yeah, I was Pennsylvania. Say, yeah. Okay, Philly, Philly. But but you know, all those East Coast cities are basically just all mashed up together, but like fifteen miles between them. It's like <laughs> good old Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, um, and then um, see, there's my cough. The, I got to edit out the way the. The way the guitars just like sizzle out after the bridge too, like they just let it ring. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. The, 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 you stopped getting a lot of that uh, in records as the decade progressed. <laughs> like just yeah. super awesome mega boogie triple rectified tone, just crunching it. Oh, I, I like love. It. Look, I still like. There's. It's probably just a nostalgia thing. I still just love the sound of like a Marshall just freaking cranked. Mm. Um, yep. I feel like that's the thing that you, which uh, speaking of rejects, that was like, I think that was something Mike posted one time. It was like, Hey, I've got a Marshall half stack on every one of our records. <laughs> like just have to, it's like yeah. at some point that's gotta be on there. Like a JCM 800, just freaking dimed out and blaring in your eardrums. Uh, it's just its own little thing. And yeah, the rectifying, uh, you gotta have some rectifying on it with a Mesa <laughs> boogie. Isn't it incredible that like, I mean, in 2001, everyone had either a Marshall or a Mesa boogie. That was it. I mean, you yep. had one of those two amps and now yep. I never see one of those amps on stage. Um, short of it That's... being, you know, Aerosmith and <laughs> like gigantic old rock bands. Uh, but I, I mean, I've not seen someone rocking a Marshall on stage or a Mesa boogie in forever. I'm sure they're doing fine. Um, but it's just, it's, it's kind of weird how amps have trends too. Um, yeah, just a weird thing. Cause like drums aren't like that. You still see DW. That's still a thing. You know, they're still making Absolutely. drums. Um, but, uh, for, and I, Marshall is too. It's just, I don't see it, um, as much as I did. Okay. Let's go to track. Where are we at? Uh, track 12, the drama summer. Okay, stop me if I'm being a dick, <laughs> but I don't like, I've never really loved the like punk rock acoustic song because it's just the acoustic guitar is not meant to strum that way. It's just, right. it doesn't work as well as an electric guitar. So I I really just wish this was full band. I don't think I would, I think I would like it a lot more. I don't think the song is bad. I just don't love 
that it's like an acoustic. I feel like everyone did it though. It was like such a novelty. Like people were like, Ooh, it's acoustic. Um, but it rarely worked very well in my opinion. And this is kind of an example of like playing bar chords on an acoustic just does not do it for me. Um, in the way that if this was fleshed out as a full band, I just feel like, uh, what's the, I'll call, I'll call or see you around. Like if that was a full band, like kind of epic, Thing, it'd be a great penultimate song, I feel like. I think it'd be a really, really good second-to-last song. It's just, it doesn't work for me, acoustic. Am I alone in my feeling of this? Or I mean, you, you guys can tell me I'm wrong, for sure. I, I don't know that you're wrong. I, I actually have, I can actually sum up all of those things, I think, with one phrase. The, Kenny was listening to some Dashboard Confessional <laughs> when he wrote this song. Yeah, but I mean, if you're going to go dashboard confessional, obvious. go with the open chords. Yeah, like that's I mean, what I, he I, did. I get, I get that. I'm just saying, like to me, it's obvious that this was we're going to do a song that's kind of like dashboard. Which and uh, weren't we technically? All? Yeah, technically a, da- a drive-through band at that point, right? Or or have we? No, we're done at that point. Oh, okay, we're okay. we're vagrant 2001. I mean, but it's I the mean, same year. Remember, he did. But yeah, that's right. I, I don't. I do not hate it. I don't love it either. I, I like I said, I think it would be a way better if it was full band, I think I would like it a lot more. I think it's a pretty good song. And I like the I'll call or see you around as kind of like a repeating last line for that outro. Right. I think it's pretty cool. It could be a really cool second to last song. I just don't it feels so just thrown in there. We're gonna throw this acoustic song where it's just Kenny strumming the acoustic. I mean it's, I mean, it's probably not Kenny, but you know what I mean. It sounds like sitting on the well, bar stool dashboard it, thing. It, it kind of reminds me of the song that we talked about on the last one that like the song that got everyone hyped for the starting line was a song called the piano song i do not like that song and people freaking love it and i think it's the same thing like let's do we're gonna do this slow song and the people that are the people that love that stuff love it man um so i i get it and and like i don't hate it but uh i don't love it yeah i I totally I, I totally see why you have to do it though, because you've had just about what twelve or twelve songs that yeah. just are like mid tempo pop punk full yeah. guitar chords. Like it's almost like if you're producing, you'd be like, "Hey, you guys just can't do this thirteen times in a row. You've got to add some flair here." Um, yeah. And but I, I'm also with Blake in that I'm like I'm not sure they made they went the right direction with that choice because um, it is just it's clearly just. It almost sounds like the songwriting demo of the rock and roll song that right. should have been played. It you sounds know? like a like, demo. <laughs> I, I think said, also you know that they're capable of you know what they're capable yeah. of. So it's like they could have they could have done something cooler than this. Yeah. Oh, absolutely too. Yeah. There's no orchestration. There's nothing happening. Like, uh, uh, well, and maybe that's what they were going for. Maybe the idea was like, let's make a really naked song. I mean, you can hear the guitars buzzing on the frets. Like it's really raw. Um, it, they just didn't quite pull it off and in the way that I think maybe they hope to, maybe that's it. Yeah. I, like I said, open chords, I'm all for, like I was into the dashboard open tuning thing. I think that's a cool thing you could do. You could have done that. Maybe it would have been too on the nose if you do that, but like, who cares? Like if this really yeah, is true. because you got to change it up, like, because that's a great point, Chris, like you're right. It can get a little bit like monotonous maybe. Um, but again, to Kyle's point, drop three songs and it's less monotonous yeah. if it's yeah, 10 absolutely. tracks. And like I said, I think it's 
I think the song itself I'm cool with. It's not as good as some of the stuff at the top of the album, but it's it's still really good. And I, I just I hear it as more epic. And now I kind of want to like figure out if I could arrange it <laughs> in a better way. That's what you know who need uh you know who needs to do it is freaking that Alex Melton guy. His stuff is so good. Uh yeah. have you ever watched yeah. his YouTube stuff where he yeah. like does different You just put out a record. Dude, he's so talented. It's I love listening to his covers and genre bending stuff and and what if this band wrote this song like Blink-182 doing Semi Charm Life and stuff. It's it's really fun. And I I want to I'm going to see if he'll do uh the Drama Summer full band. I think that that would be or, or the Drama Summer in the style of uh based on a true story because that's the other thing. I'm thinking like Oh yeah. You yeah. there are multiple slow there are multiple ballads on Based on a True Story that are epic i mean photography yeah you, you, like that song is amazing if they'd have done something like that it would have been way more interesting uh okay we'll we'll make this like an instagram clip and we'll tag them we'll see if we can get them to do because i'm not talented enough to do it let's see, <laughs> see if we can get someone else to do it uh i don't have the time okay let's go to track the last track 13 this ride here we go I didn't mean to fade out that last one. Sorry. Whoa. That's my bad. Um, Kyle, what are your thoughts on, on the last track? So I like the last 30 seconds of it a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that it's a, because of the last 30 seconds, I think it's a good ending to the record. I like the song. Um, I like how they do the bookend from the intro to the outro. Yep. Um, I, I think it's a rocking tune and, and honestly, uh, I'm super glad that they didn't finish the record with the ballad. Oh Amen. gosh. Yeah. No, that would be a terrible idea because it just does like this, the way they end it with that, just palm unit guitar and the, that last lyric. Um, yeah. It it makes you kind of want to start the album over again. Totally. Like it, it feels it's a good ending. I agree with you, Kyle. It's like a great last thirty seconds of the song. I like that they do basically the first verse again at the end. It's kind of a classic country thing that people tend to do. Is like you just do the first half of the verse to end the song with. Um, I like it in this case. I think it's a cool. I think it's a cool thing. Um, and I think it's a good ending. I think it's. Uh, I, yeah. I'm with you. I like it, but I think that as a whole, or Chris, you you go. What what? Sorry, what's your your thoughts? You guys on last actually track? put it really well. I don't have a lot to add. You, uh, your notes are perfect. I, I I think more than anything, finding the right mood for an ending song can be difficult, and it's got the it's got the exact right feel for an ending song. And also, I, yeah, I, I, it needs double emphasizing. So glad they didn't end on the ballad because that would have been the very. <laughs> That would have been a very easy, you know, cowardly route to go. Just like, hey, we do you end with the acoustic song? That's what everybody does. I, I like no. that they chose a different, uh, a different song, a different, uh, you know, uh, 
kind of feel for for how to end the album and precisely because of what you said Blake it does make you go okay I'm ready to reset and and you know start on track one again yeah I that's that's where I'm at on okay so let's talk about the album as a whole and does it hold up Kyle where, where are you at on it I mean we've we've have made it known that obviously we think their next couple records are better. They get to be a better band after this, but like, where do you think as a whole, where are you at? Does it hold up? Yeah. I mean, I think as a whole, it holds up. It's still a really fun pop punk record. They still kind of do their own. They still have their own unique sound. Like I know when I'm listening to the starting line. Yeah. Um, it's, it is harder for this band. Like it's harder for me to want to, um, you know, say that this is so awesome because of how much I love their next two records. But this is a really good record, especially when you take into consideration how young they are, everything else else that was coming out of time. Not only that, I think just the sheer fact that they, that they wrote best of me while recording this, uh, earns them, you know, a, a spot in saying this record is relevant, that it matters, you know? Yeah. Um, I think you're totally right. I mean, I think the thing that makes starting line stand out for me, like I can just hear his voice and immediately, like, yeah. I mean, I've, I think I told the story the last time we did their record was that that last EP they put out. Um, I just heard that song like at Vans and was like, this is starting line, but I don't know. I've not heard this starting line. Like, what is this? Cause like, I just heard his voice and, and like the style. I was just like, this is definitely the starting line or it's someone like perfectly ripping, ripping them, off. them off. Um, yeah. And, you know, Shazam it, and sure enough, they've got this new EP, and I go check it out, and, um, yeah, so they they do, they have their own unique thing, and they're trying to, like, get into it, obviously, in this album. They're not quite there yet. I think they have hints of it. I think, like, Up and Go and The Best of Me and A Good Night's Sleep are the best examples of, like, um, you know, in the vein of all the things that influenced them, but definitely their own style and their own thing. Um, uh, style of songwriting specifically is like, there's, there's something that's a little unique to them, but yeah, this album is, is, is basically like a lot of albums is a little stacked at the front and then the back half trails off a little bit. It's not terrible or anything. It's just that the back half does not compare to the front half of the album. Uh, if this was an actual vinyl, the front half would get worn out before the back half. <laughs> I'm just gonna guess. Um, and so I think it holds up well, but I think it, you know, it it sounds like 2002. It it does. Um, yeah. And that's not a dig at it necessarily. It just it sounds like 2002, and it sounds like a young band. Like I said, he's really young at this point. Um, so and and gets just so much better they all they they just become such a better band on the next record and it is shocking to me that people complain about it i mean i know i when we did that record i talked about how i was a naysayer based on that first single's lyrics just alone i was like <laughs> oh like let, such a bad taste in me and chris's mouth but um which sounds like some sort of sexual innuendo yeah, based does. on that song. It shows the wrong Oy, phrase. That was a really bad <laughs> phrasing. Phrasing. <laughs> phrasing. We still doing phrasing? Um, but yeah, they just knock it out of the park with the next two records, which kind of brings it to the next thing. Like, is it their best album? And I think <laughs> Kyle obviously is going to say no. He's already said so. And I think that no. oh, I would say no. Chris, do you have any doubt that yeah, it's no, not their best it's, album? It, it's so great, but it's not. 
the best. Which is no. fine for your debut your debut album. It's it a shouldn't great be your debut. best album. It's, it's a, a great, great debut. debut. It's a great debut. Great debut is a good way to put it. Yeah. If you peak with your first album, that sucks. Kind of like yep. I, it happens, you know, for yep. sure to a lot of bands uh, that cannot write that sophomore record. I this they write one of the best sophomore records after a successful first record. Um, and not just successful. I mean, like a record with the, I mean, that best of me song was everywhere guys. I mean, MTV yeah. was just playing the crap out of that video. That wasn't very good. Um, but to me, they just knock it out of the park with the next couple of records. And so it's hard to say like, this is definitely not their best album, but it's, it's a great debut. You're absolutely right, Kyle. I think that you're, that's the perfect way to say it. This one's a little more interesting. Is it their most important album? fellas man dude it it's very important i mean they they were able not to eclipse many other artists but they were able to stand out in a time where some really incredible music not only that but some really groundbreaking things were starting to happen with emo and punk rock and they stuck to the more formulaic thing and the songs were so great that they still stood out um it had they not perfected their sound so well and maybe redid the record the way they did. I don't, I'm not sure they would have like rose above the fray as well. Um, and, and had a, had the chance or the opportunity to make the next great record. Uh, that, yeah. So I, I feel like it, it, it kind of has to be. Yeah. I think the timing of it all is the best of me. You can't not credit with just being a gigantic, um, boost for them. Like I said, that song was everywhere. The song is really, really good. Everyone I know likes that song. I mean, how can you not? So you can't you can't separate this album from that song. And so therefore this is very much like it launches their career in a way that um that it doesn't happen if this, you know, like I mean it the gets best. them signed to Geffen. Yeah, it gets them signed to Geffen and you know, it make it bums me out because this is one of those bands that I think was uh, we didn't get to only have three full length rec- records from them is a bummer. Prime. It's it's a real bummer because there's so many other bands that have seven or eight records that I'm like three of them I could take or leave or whatever. Um, and I always want more starting line, like always. Same. Um, and so that's the biggest bummer for me. And, and but it probably is their most important because it the other ones don't do much i mean like this is peak unfortunately for um i'm i'm sure they've not played to bigger crowds than during this when this record was out probably right i mean is that do you think that's true kyle yeah i mean i i think you're right and also i don't remember what they were but it seems like this band had just bad luck it, it when it came to a couple things i i can't remember what happened with based on a true story but the there was something with the release that was a bummer. I know that on this record, uh, the first tour that they were supposed to go on, that was their really big tour, uh, was right before 9-11 happened. And then people stopped touring for a minute. And so like that stopped their first tour. And then Kenny got mono and that and that stopped them from touring even further. So like I, I, I feel like there's probably, you know, fate. Fate worked against them a little bit. I'm with you, dude. It is a crime that we've got three full links from this band. And especially because 
like for anybody that's followed Kenny in his career with vacationer, like he's such an experimental dude. It, it was just going to get cooler and they were just going to tr- try more new things. You know what I mean? It wasn't, they weren't going to pump out the same record twice. No. So, but they never strayed. They never, like I said, yeah, yeah, I they're agree. totally recognizable. It's still pop punk, but like it's, it, it matures as yeah. it needed to. And Blink-22 kind of like, again, paved the way for that a year later with the self-titled or untitled or whatever we call it uh, record. You know, it kind of gave, I think, everyone permission to grow up a little bit. And what you have to do, because like, you know, your fans are getting older with you at the same time. Like we're all, it's fun to be like whatever, however I'm 16 when Enemy of the State comes out, you know, but like, by the time the next one comes out, I'm 23. Like that's a, that's a pretty big difference or, or not in 23. Sorry. Uh, I'm it's 18 or whatever. And, you know, it's like, yeah. that's a big difference. You know, 15 to 18, you, you, you change quite a bit. Um, and so there's nothing wrong with maturing, but you can't, um, it just really bums me out that they, they didn't get, I think it's just dumb luck too. I don't really, I think there is unfortunately still a huge, part of the music industry and success in it. That's just luck. You know, it's like right place, right time. And obviously these guys are talented and you, you can't, um, you could not deny that with some of these songs. Um, and I, I think the next two records, if, if you liked this band or liked these songs or heard the best of me and didn't really check out the rest of it, like we highly, Man. highly, highly recommend listening to the next two records. Uh, direction is, severely underrated in my opinion because oh, I think it's kind of time. in the shadow of um of the second record but like uh it's fantastic it's it's really yep. good and uh, the little EP that they put out a few years ago is also really great so I, I'm sure we'll do direction right oh we absolutely will yeah yep. I mean without a doubt we'll do direction it's a it's a really good record but it does bum me out I, I feel like there's a few bands like this that I'm like Dang it. We only, I mean, some of them, we only got one, you know, there's, there's some bands like that, that, um, you know, get one or two or something and that's it. So I guess at least we got three. I'm glad they weren't, uh, a band that like broke up after this or like got dropped or, you know, in lawyer label hell or something. But, um, yeah, that's a long way to say, I think it's probably their most important, but that kind of bums me out a little bit because I wish more people would have heard the next couple of records because I think they're. They're a really good band. Uh, okay, Desert Island Songs, two or three of your favorites. Chris, what are you thinking? Number three was hard for me, but the first two are very, very easy. Up and Go <laughs> and Best of Me. Um, I don't know what it is about the first of the Blink-182 Segway songs that I've always just been into, but every time Hello Houston comes on, I get really happy. And so for that reason, it is my number three. That's fair. Kyle, I, where are you I at? Got, yeah, I got no, no great reason for it. it just It just That's is. Okay. It is what it is. I'm up and go, best of me, and a good night's sleep. I'm I'm those two, Kyle. Those are my three. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, like we've talked about before, sometimes when we agree... Boys in your ballads. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just a sucker. <laughs> For the sweet song on the record. I'm, I've never shied away from admitting it. Um, uh, yeah, but it's not necessarily always a great sign if we all line up on two or three songs. 
yeah. for the whole record because sometimes it's you know if normally it's just if we if we can't agree um that normally means the whole thing's super great um but anyway it's a fantastic debut record i can't uh, i can't imagine um like like it's not like i was disappointed in this or something yeah it sounds like we're we're just you know saying there's some things that we would have uh you know well and we know they we know into. what came after this i yes. can't take that right. i can't i can't remove that from my brain right right yeah uh it, let's it go just gets better that's yeah good. it really just is it just kind of overshadows it uh let's go to nobody's perfect what's the worst song in the album kyle do you have one so i here's the thing is nobody's perfect? Do we? Is this the one we would take it off if we could? Because like, we just that's say the what's thing. the worst song in the record. I mean, we don't. Okay, we, okay. Sometimes we say, say we'd kick it off. Sometimes we say we wouldn't. So I'll say this: I'm not kicking a song off this record just because we only get three albums from the starting line. That's so very I'll true. Ba- I'll, I'll, I'll take what I can get, but I think the worst song in this record. I think it's. I think it's the drama summer. Okay. Yeah. I think that's fair. Chris, do you have one? Uh, yeah. It was almost Left Coast Envy, but the bridge saves it for me. <laughs> okay. Drama Summer, though, for sure. I, I think, yeah. I think, yeah. And I hate it's to just do it to the acoustic song. I know, but it does feel like I the one that they it. already did it for you. In some yeah, ways, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, you Stands made out. me do this. You Why did you do this? <laughs> I'm kind of between Drama Summer and Decisions. Decisions. I actually think Drama Summer is a better song, but I hate the choice of doing yeah. the acoustic solo bar chord thing. Um, I think De- Decisions. Decisions is my least favorite song on the record. Probably it's kind of weird. Those three in a row are just kind of like ah, they're fine. But I, yeah. I'm, like I said, I'm not. I don't think they're terrible or anything like that. They're just not as great as the rest of it. So, um, grower not a shower. What's the song you didn't like at first but now love? Kyle, do you have one? No. Chris. But I didn't expect that. I'm not ready. Just no. <laughs> just... <laughs> no. No, nah. I don't have one. Nah, nah bro. Uh, I don't know. Um, I think for me, given the chance, like. I almost didn't give it a chance because Mm. I was always so excited to go to leaving, you know, the hit from the EP and best of me, but like it has grown on me over the years, um, as a, as a great track too, you know, just the, you know, the whole, the thing we always say that you do on the track too, you'll bring it up a notch, keep people interested. Um, and so I was like, Oh, you did, you did the thing you're supposed to do. But then uh, over the years I've, I've, I've been like, this is a good melody. And they, you know, they bring the noise with the background vocals. It's, It's good too. I think mine might be saddest girl story. It's not that Ooh. I like love it, love it now or something, but it, like, I think it did grow on me. Yeah. Like it's not. Um, so, you know, we always say what's the song you didn't like at first, but now love. So I wouldn't say I like love it, but it did grow on me. Like I like it more yeah. now than I did maybe then. Um, if that makes sense. Well, I think that is it for us. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you like what you hear, consider giving us a review on whatever you listen to this on. And you can also subscribe on whatever that service you listen to on, whether it be Apple podcast or Spotify or whatever. Uh, I think there's still a couple of people that listen on home pods. We had to switch our hosting service. So I think they're, 
we got a couple messages where it's like, hey, it's not on this one yet. Oddly enough, our despite hosting it on Spotify service, it was not on Spotify for a little while. Sorry about that. Uh, the old episodes were, but new episodes were not showing up on Spotify. So there's some people that really thought we had taken a hiatus. But uh, I think we've got most of the kinks worked out in that kind of stuff. Uh, so you can also you know, send us messages, comments, disagreements, suggestions to info at Finding Emo Pod. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Finding Emo Pod. Uh, that is it for us. We will catch you all next time, which should actually be in two weeks now. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs>